This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Hewitt, and today's episode is super special to me because it was recorded live in Orlando at the Podcast Movement Conference. It's a huge conference with thousands of podcasters who attend, and it's about four days long, and I'm just so excited to be here meeting amazing people and learning amazing things. But I do want to just let you know the audio quality of today's episode is a little bit different than usual because it was recorded live in front of people at the conference. So you might hear a little bit of noise in the background, some people talking, and just know that not every episode has that quality, but hopefully you love the content today. So let's just jump right into Season 4, Episode 1. Today's episode is going to be all about dairy and if you should be eating dairy or not, and how to even give up dairy if you decide it's not for you. The entire season four is gonna be about the most common keto mistakes. I hear from so many people that are working so hard at keto, really putting themselves into it, spending a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of effort, and they're just not getting the results they want. So I'm hoping with this season to help you troubleshoot what's not working so that you can get out of a plateau and start to improve your health even further. So I've got a couple of stories for you to start with. At this conference, I actually met two people, two really awesome podcasters who don't podcast anything about health, but they personally eat a ketogenic diet. And they were telling me how much they love it, except for the last few months, they've really plateaued and they're just not getting the results they want. One of them has really intense sugar cravings, and the other one is just not losing weight anymore. So after asking a lot of questions, I discovered that they have dairy at a lot of meals and that they were shocked that I don't eat dairy. And just as a kind of background, I haven't eaten dairy other than butter or ghee in about 11 years. So I know that this works. You can absolutely do keto without dairy. I've done it and I'm doing it right now myself. But they were really surprised and they had no idea that it's even possible to eat a really high fat, low carb diet without cheese and cream and dairy as a big staple. I hear this constantly all the time. I also um, have a memory, a conversation I've had a couple of months ago with a woman who said that she tried the keto diet, but it just totally didn't work for her. And I asked her why. And she said, well, I've been dairy free for most of my life. I'm super sensitive to dairy and I can't have it. So when I started the keto diet, I learned that you're supposed to eat all of this cheese and cream. And so that's what she did. She started having cream and cheese with almost all of her meals and she got bloated and really gassy and broke out in a lot of acne and rashes. And this is a woman who is an esthetician. So she's kind of a big deal in beauty and health and wellness and skincare. So she can't be showing up to work with big breakouts. That's just not gonna work for her personally or professionally. And so I mentioned to her, oh, well, you know, I don't eat dairy. I haven't eaten dairy for the last 11 years or so. You can totally do this. And she was really surprised, but she also didn't seem to really get it or or understand how that could even work. And unfortunately, it was like a really short conversation where we couldn't get into all those details. So today, I'm hoping that you're going to leave with a lot of ideas on how to make this work for you so that you can really step up in your own personal health. If you're one why would I even give up dairy? It's because of 
stress. That's what it just kind of ends with. It starts with a food sensitivity or leaky gut syndrome or having an immune response to the food and that leads to stress. We talked a lot about this in season one, so you've probably heard this over and over, but just to reiterate, when you eat foods that you're sensitive to, it causes leaky gut syndrome. And most of us, especially in this country, with all the chemicals we're exposed to and all the pesticides, most of us are really struggling with leaky gut syndrome. Leaky gut means that when you eat foods that you're sensitive to, you cause these little tears and holes and um, just little, little holes in your intestinal wall that are not supposed to be there. That is supposed to be tight. If you're watching this on video, you can see my fingers. It's supposed to be tight like this. But when you start to eat a lot of chemicals or foods you're sensitive to, you start to get these little holes like you can see through my fingers. And then you eat food, even if it's healthy, and a lot of that food goes through the hole into your bloodstream. You're never supposed to have pieces of food in your bloodstream. So when you do, your body and your immune system attacks those pieces of food in the bloodstream and it causes an immune reaction, like an autoimmune response. So anybody who has autoimmune conditions absolutely needs to be paying attention right now and doing some gut healing. But if you don't have autoimmune conditions, you should still be really, really learning about leaky gut um, on top of keto. An immune response to the food in your bloodstream could look like a lot of things. It could be breakouts, headaches, depression, anxiety, fatigue, joint pain, bloating, weight gain, um, foggy thoughts, ADD, uh, all kinds of other brain problems, inability to focus. It can also be puffiness all over your body. It can show up as achy joints so bad that you actually get a diagnosis of arthritis. It can show up as um, stiffness all over your body. Um, the list really goes on and on and on. Also, hormone problems, bad PMS, those types of things. So if you're not experiencing like perfect health, really need to take leaky gut and food sensitivities serious and absolutely get on top of finding out what you're sensitive to and what you're not. I don't recommend going out and doing a blood test to find your food sensitivities because those blood tests are not going to be very accurate. And if you are dealing with leaky gut syndrome, basically all food is going to show up as food you're not supposed to eat because all food is passing through those open junctions into your gut. So it's not useful to just take an approach of eliminating all food and think that you're going to heal. Instead, you can start to discover your main sensitivities like dairy, wheat, corn, soy, sugar, eggs, peanuts, strawberries. Those are some of the top ones that a lot of people struggle with. You can start to discover those for yourself and begin to eliminate the top problem foods while doing gut healing. And from my experience working with a lot of clients and doing a lot of nutrition classes and also just talking with so many of you, it's pretty clear that almost everyone has a problem with dairy. I actually can't think of anybody who's done an elimination diet and put dairy back in who says that they can eat dairy. So you could just skip the step of testing or doing an elimination diet and just decide you're going to just not have dairy that would be a pretty fast way to move ahead with this. 
Or if you're a person who really likes proof or you want to feel it for yourself, take three weeks to eliminate dairy 100%, like none. If you have just a sliver back of dairy, you will still react to it if you're sensitive. It might be milder, but you'll still have a reaction. So to really test this for the truth, you need to eliminate all dairy 100% for a minimum of three weeks. And then to test it, you choose one type of dairy. I would suggest to start with ghee, G-H-E-E, and eat some ghee on day 22 or whatever. Or after those three weeks, have some ghee on that day. One day of eating ghee. It could be for all of your meals. It could be once you decide. Then don't eat any more ghee or any more dairy for the next three days and do a lot of journaling about your symptoms and how you feel. And notice if you felt better without the dairy and now you feel worse having the ghee. Or maybe you still feel really good. Then after those four days, test another one. And I would suggest your second food be 100% grass-fed butter. Eat some butter on that day five, maybe for all your meals, you have some butter and then no more dairy or butter or ghee for the next three days. And again, you do your journaling and really find if that's working for you or not. And then if you're just wanting to try out other things like cheese, cream, milk, those types of foods, try those, yogurt, test them out, but they all need to be in four day increments, one at a time. You might also just decide not to introduce any of those foods back in because you might feel so amazing without dairy that you don't even want to go back. That's the most common thing that happens with people. They're shocked at how good they feel. They don't even want to go back and the deal is done. I bring up ghee and butter because most people who are very sensitive to dairy can have ghee or butter, especially ghee. I'm one of those people. I cannot have cheese or milk or any dairy like that, but I do eat butter and ghee and it works just fine for me. Let's jump into four really easy and really fun tips for how to even give up dairy in the first place. Anybody who's feeling kind of fearful or upset or frustrated or nervous or uncomfortable with this topic, I'm right there with you. This is not easy. It's usually not very fun to think about giving up such a good food like dairy, but just let go of a lot of your thoughts about this and your feelings. And let's just talk about a couple of steps to get you there before you even entertain the idea of taking it out at all. So number one, Start to increase your salt, especially super high quality, true Himalayan crystal salt. A lot of the reason why you crave something like cheese or cream is because of the salt. So if you start to salt your food more, like make a salad, be sure that you add a lot of salt to it or put salt on your vegetables or on your meat. It's going to taste a lot more flavorful and start to reduce that blandness of no cheese on the meal. Like if you have a salad and you usually have creamy dressing or feta cheese or Parmesan, just eliminate that, load it up with some Himalayan salt, and you're probably not going to miss the cheese nearly as much. Tip number two, increase your spices. So this could be dried herbs and spices, or it could be fresh herbs from a garden or from the grocery store. Um, we've talked a lot about how to use spices in the last season, in season three. So feel free to step back there after this episode and really hone in your skills of using spices. But it's pretty easy. All you do is pick out some seasonings that you think you're going to like, like 
uh, crushed red pepper, garlic, it could be Italian seasonings, Mexican seasonings, or it could be something like rosemary and basil or cilantro, anything like that. Start to load up your food with spices and seasonings, especially while the, the food is cooking on the stove or in the oven. And your food is going to be so much more flavorable, flavorable and delicious. Number three, start to replace any cream in recipes with canned coconut milk. So if you're making ice cream, if you're making soups, dressings, um, any sort of dishes that ask for heavy cream or just any sort of cream or even milk, get some full fat organic canned coconut milk from the grocery store. It's usually in the Asian section and start to just replace it. It's one-to-one, -one. it's really easy. You can even make your own coconut kefir, like your own yogurt in a way, out of canned coconut milk. You just need to get some kefir starter. I love the brand Body Ecology. Get some kefir starter, follow the directions on the box, and make your own cultured coconut milk, and that's your replacement for yogurt. And then our tip number four is about coffee. A lot of people tell me that they think it's easy to get rid of the cheese or the milk or the cream, but they can't get rid of the dairy in their coffee. And even if you're having just a little bit of a splash of milk in your coffee and no other dairy, you're probably still having an immune response to it and being held back um, by getting your um, stress levels down and the gut inflammation down if you're just having little bits of dairy in the coffee in the morning. So my best tip would be for you to remove the cream or the milk from your coffee and get this brand called Nut Pods, N-U-T-P-O-D-S, Nut Pods. I'm not associated with any of these brands. I don't get paid by them, but I really do use these. So Nut Pods is made up of coconut milk and almond milk. It comes in a little carton that um, lasts about a week or so, at least for me, and it's not sweetened. I've tried a lot of different dairy-free types of milks, and this is by far the best one for coffee. It's the thickest, has the best texture and flavor, and I love that it doesn't have any sweetener. So I can either have it unsweetened or I can put a couple of drops of my own stevia in my coffee instead. I love the original plain flavor because it really just tastes like milk, but they also have a few other flavors like French vanilla and hazelnut that are really fun if you want something just a little bit more um, tasty or flavorful. So I hope those four tips work for you. Start to implement them even before you decide to eliminate the dairy, especially if you're upset about this or if it sounds daunting. Don't even go there with the elimination diet yet. Just start to amp up these four tips first, then consider giving up the dairy on your own time when you feel ready for it and when you're starting to really like your flavorful food a little bit better. Something else that I've heard of that I really haven't tried personally is activated, or not activated, but nutritional yeast. It's something you can buy at the grocery store. I've never used it myself, but I've heard that if you sprinkle some nutritional yeast on your food, it tastes like cheese. Um, give it a try. Let me know how it goes. You can always email me at info at projectketopodcast.com or send me a direct message on Instagram. You can follow me. Um, my handle is Madeline Rosie Hewitt on Instagram. Send me a DM on there. I would love to hear if nutritional yeast works for you and how you use it. 
And I want to hear if you're struggling with giving up the dairy or any other foods. I've got so many more tips than we have time for today. And I would really like to just help as many people as I can. So, so contact me. I will personally get back to you and um, I'll learn so much from your experience too. Now, if you find that you do really well with butter and ghee, then I would recommend for sure using those. Butter and ghee have high benefits. Um, we're not going to get into all of the benefits today, but they're super, super healthy fats. So if you know that those fats work for you, definitely use them. Butter and ghee are also great for medium to high heat for cooking, like sauteing. Um, ghee is really good for roasting in the oven. So utilize those as much as you want if they're working for you. Butter is also fantastic for baking any sort of keto treats or making fat bombs as well. If you do decide that you're going to continue to eat other forms of dairy, there are three things that you must must, must have when you're qualifying if the dairy product is for you or not. It has to be 100% grass-fed. So that means it needs to come from a cow that was raised 100% grass-fed, not grain-finished. I'm not talking about organic, natural, or family-farmed. Those are not the same words. I'm talking about 100% grass-fed cows. It can also be called pasture butter. Your uh, it, pasture butter or pastured cows. Your dairy must also be raw and unpasteurized. It is very difficult to find those qualifications in stores, so you might have to go to a local farmer to their farm and buy it directly from them. I have fam a family member who actually does this on a regular basis. She has children and she's unable to breastfeed, so she makes her own baby formula for them instead of buying it from the store. And she goes to a farmer, buys milk directly from them, and makes her own formula. Now, if you're interested in that, for sure, send me an email or a DM and I will get you in contact with her because she's got a lot to teach about children, but that's a whole other topic. It's just that I'm saying it's a lot of work if you are going to eat dairy to find dairy that's actually good for you and isn't going to continue to cause problems with the leaky gut syndrome. And then speaking of the leaky gut, I just want to go back to this. It's the first thing we talked about in the episode and it can be easy to forget why it's important to do gut healing. So let's just tap back into this. If you're eating foods that you're sensitive to, like dairy or grains or any food that's not working for you, and it's causing an immune reaction and giving you physical or emotional or mental problems and reactions, that would be considered a huge stress in your physical body and in your well-being. So even if it doesn't bother you emotionally, if you're bloated or gassy or you have acne or brain fog, even if that doesn't really upset you in your life, just the chemical and physical experience of having those reactions causes stress. The number one way to get kicked out of ketosis is stress. So we need to start to decrease our stress levels in our emotional lives and our physical lives. Stress is critical for health. You need to be sleeping, you need to be outside, you need to be 
finding as many ways to decrease your stress levels as possible and taking care of your gut health is a huge, huge piece of the picture. It's so big that you can actually test this when you test your blood ketones. We know that when you eat carbs, it takes about 24 hours for your ketones to drop from those carbs. So if you're measuring your, your blood ketones with something like a Keto Mojo, you can't tell if the meal you ate, like the carbs you ate, decreased your ketones immediately. It will take about a day. However, your ketones will drop like that in an instant if you have stresses, like if you're emotionally stressed or if you're chemically stressed in your body. So if you want to test this in kind of a cool, unique way, you could measure your blood ketones immediately before you eat, then eat a food that you're wondering if you're sensitive to, wait 15 to 30 minutes, and then measure your blood ketones again and if your ketones drop even a little bit, you are probably sensitive to that food. It's not black and white. It is not a 100% accurate answer, but it can really help with starting to put the different pieces of the puzzle together because this whole health thing is super complex and so difficult to master on your own. So start to measure your ketones, not just to track your ketones, but to look at your stresses in your life. And if you really want to test it, I've done this. Test your ketones when you're relaxed and then go into a stressful environment, like an argument, that's the best way, or a really uncomfortable meeting or presentation you have to do that makes you sweat or jitter or get really, really nervous. then test your ketones, they're probably going to drop way down. It's just cool to see. Another reason for us to do some de-stressing. So that is all that I have for you today, other than this one thing I don't want to forget. Um, a lot of people wonder, how can they increase their fat when they're not eating cheese? I'm going to rip through a real quick list. Increase your oil on your veggies. Eat some avocados and olives. Use canned coconut milk. Use MCT oil or coconut oil or nut pods in your coffee. And then make fat bombs. It's super easy to just go online or on Pinterest and search for recipes for fat bombs. But if you want to know how to make your own recipe, go back to Season 3, Episode 7, How to Build Your Own Fat Bomb, and I will teach you all of my tr tricks and tips for doing that yourself and to make them dairy-free. There's a lot of dairy and a lot of fat bomb recipes you'll find out there. Okay, now we are all done. That's all the time that we have today. So your next step is to email me at info at projectketopodcast.com with your questions or send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is Madeline Rosie Hewitt. And then be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, if it's on iTunes or Stitcher any of those places you can absolutely subscribe it makes an enormous difference in the success of the show and to help other people find the show as well and if you're watching this on youtube just click on the red subscribe button below and then you're in thank you so much everybody i'm madeline and i'll see you in a week <laughs>